I'm gonna reach in there. I'm gonna help to get all the vagina gremlins out. I mean, it's like the the, the gremlin. Yeah. So I want to take the gremlin and then uh, and then I'm gonna take him to Guantanamo Bay and 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 lock him up. <laughs> Chris, you're Donald Trump as Paul McCartney speech. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three, well, light-hearted but heavy-handed gentlemen review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I'm not heavy-handed, I'm a delicate flower. Well, you're light-hearted though, are you? Not in this moment. <laughs> no, no, you're very angry. Anyway, that, uh, that unruly voice uh, to the right of me uh, was Mr Chris Evans. How are you, Chris? I'm alright. And to my left, the uh, the quieter voice, but still the man full of wisdom, uh, is Mr Graham Riley. How are you, Graham? I'm uh, fine, thank you, Phil. Um, this episode was mad as a bag of hammers, so I'm uh, <laughs> looking forward to discussing it. It was, and uh, me, the voice that you'll hear the majority of the time, I guess, is uh, Phil Dean, and I'm the host and the guide of this uh, magical journey that we've gotten ourselves into. Um, boys, episode 13, unlucky for some. Do you think we were lucky with this one? I'd, I'd say so. I think there was lots of... Um, this was the most visually hilarious episode so far. Yeah. yeah. Lots of real wacky shit going on in this episode <laughs> that I really, really enjoyed. So, yeah, so it's a very, very crazy episode, this one. So I think, I think we were lucky with this one. Uh, we're now, boys, on disc three of our box Ooh. set. Well, we Blow are, me down. We're getting through this. So episode one of disc three we're on. Uh, and it's entitled Jenny's Non-Dream, uh, which is seemingly sponsored by Hasbro's Monopoly, as it's yes. mentioned an awful lot. A lot. And it's not like Monopoly needs help selling itself, but it's got its... I, uh, I believe Monopoly's got Monopoly on its Monopoly. Yeah, it's it's called what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, and, uh, yeah, so they, they keep talking about it, and it's, it's played quite a few times. It's strange. So, yeah, episode 13, Jenny's Non-Dream, sponsored by Monopoly. Uh, in this episode, Sabrina invites Jenny round for a sleepover, only for her to stumble into the other realm and come face-to-face with Drell. I mean, at the end of the day, when you put the doorway to your other realm in a linen closet or just an actual Into physical an easily, place in easily accessible yeah, place exactly yeah. it's like if I was going to put a doorway to the other realm I would put it in I don't know say the cupboard under the sink or something something ridiculous something yeah I mean where... th- that would be a bit inappropriate for you to to go in and out of imagine. well you just crawl in wouldn't you? yeah to make sure that the cupboard's big enough or you know or, or, or even, you know, we've got that. They've got that secret witch's cabinet. Yeah. Why couldn't they have a secret witch's doorway? Yeah, the house isn't really equipped for anyone other than witches really to come round. Was the house built by witches, and did they have to sort of factor in where to place the uh, gateway to the other realm? Yeah, That's yeah. I want to know. Uh, I mean, the, uh, in the other realm, they've got witch architects who uh, design yeah. design houses for uh, for witches in the mortal realm. You don't even need magic to mask a door. You could just make it as it just looks like a wall. It's got a very small door handle, or it just yeah. op- or a wall that opens up with magic, as you say, just like the uh, the magic sort of covered with all the potions and stuff. So it's very um, very peculiar, isn't it? It's an even easier option. Oh yeah, that door there, that's uh, that's Aunt Zelda's study. She always locks it. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just as simple as that. Or just, oh, don't go in there. I took and, a and massive yeah, just, shit. Just, yeah. <laughs> or, oh, I'd leave. Yeah, I'd leave that. That's our other toilet. I'd leave that for a good night. Yeah. Don't venture into there. Yeah. That's. Um, oh, that's where. That's where Arne Hilda cuts up all the bodies. That, no, because that's suspicious. Yeah, but you wouldn't go in, would you? <laughs> I probably would. <laughs> yeah, just to see how how um, maniacal she actually is. So yes, yeah, so let's um, let's crack into episode thirteen, Jenny's non-dream. Boys, the episode opened up with a bit of a uh, a highlight. Um, Sabrina's not wearing any pants. Well, let, 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 let's clarify here. Yeah, yeah. She is doing her washing, and in the manner of people doing washing everywhere. Um, she is just wearing a baggy t-shirt which covers all the central areas yeah. because yeah, her jeans are in the wash that's what she's yeah, her jeans are moistened and she's uh, just complaining that her pants are still wet and she's waiting for them to dry off in the tumble dryer yeah. as the, uh, as the uh, group's um, angry uh, voice yes. and I have taken much offence to some outfits already in the series <laughs> yes, you have, yeah. I I uh, I didn't think this one was was too bad because it's it's a staple. It's, it's sort of an everyday thing, you know. It's like yeah, a baggy t-shirt, going to check the laundry. I haven't got any pants on because the pants that I want are in the laundry. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have you ventured downstairs because you knew that the the pants that you wanted were on on the maiden or something? Yeah, you know? I mean, I mean, I don't film it and broadcast it to millions of people across the country. Oh, is that just me? Oh, it, oh, it must be. Oh, yeah. sorry. Um, so yeah, so she has ventured downstairs to, uh, to, to fetch her moistened jeans out of the tumble dryer. Um, Hilda then comes into the room and asks her why she hasn't just magicked up some new ones. I mean, non-branded ob. Yeah, wrongler. Levoy. <laughs> uh, so Sabrina says that hers are worn in and comfy, and the new ones that she'd magic up um, will be stiff and a bit, you know, a bit hard to uh, to enjoy. So uh, you can't magic up jeans that are tailored to your form. Yeah, oh yeah, that's uh, oh. So yeah, she can't. She could magic up some, but yeah, she could. She can just magic up generic jeans. Yeah, and they will be yeah, like new jeans are kind of just really sort of you know sort of boxy, sort of you know horrible, kind of a bit uncomfortable until you've sort of. Uh, Couldn't yeah. she magic? Could, could in? you not? Could you not magic up worn jeans? Couldn't she wa- just magic her jeans dry? Yeah, the whole yeah, the whole thing. The, the idea that a Tumble dry would even be needed in the witching world, even a magic one. Yeah. Which, well, we'll, we'll get into uh, sort of the uh, the issues that uh, witching tumble dryers encounter yeah. in a little while. But um, yeah, the, the whole need for these contraptions to even exist, even in magic form, seems uh, yeah seems a little necessary. But but uh, but I mean, it, it gave us it gave us some real laughs in this episode. Yeah, it gave us our f- my favourite character so far in the series, <laughs> which uh, which uh, we'll have a brief introduction in a matter of seconds. Um, Hilda says that the tumble dryer is on the fritz and that a repairman uh, is supposed to be coming in the afternoon. Uh, Sabrina asks when exactly, and she says, well, but somewhere between 1968 and 1998. Uh, must be from Bosch. She settles on wearing her clammy jeans, uh, but when she goes to pull them out, a scary mummified-like hand is grabbing hold of them. Yes. Chilling. There was a bit of a chilling air sort of came in the room when we... Uh, At this point, this. I was terrified. Later on, I was beside myself with laughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll meet this mummified hand um, and the rest of uh, the body that is attached to it um, later on in the episode. But, uh, yeah, so we've not, not really got a glimpse of exactly what this episode's about, but I, I'm i intrigued to see where this monster in the tumble dryer goes. At the end of the day, though, it's like, if even if that was it, 
and the the episode didn't revolve around this tumble drying monster. They, that would have been enough. Yeah, it's I know, just I a think little so. a little thing. Like, hey, look at that. That's that's weird. Yeah, it'd be one of those things that that explains why you might lose the odd sock, or you know, why something might be a little uh, torn. I guess after putting it in a tumble dryer washing machine. Oh, it's because oh, you can't see it, but there's a monster that lives inside it. It you know brings a bit of. Like Harry Potter esque magic into the real world. In my way. case, it's because my tumble dryer is older than me. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. so you have to make sock sacrifices yeah, to it yeah. every month. Sacrifices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the me. wicker basket. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so the uh, the theme tune then kicks in to uh, to l- let us forget about this scary encounter, um, and she happens to be dressed as a race car driver. Yes, she- again, not relevant. To the episode in any way, shape, or form. No, I mean, you could Could you really have had a, a costume related to this episode? You could have tried. She could have just been in, in a nighty because this yeah. episode is about a sleepover. Yeah. So uh, been a nighty. She could have um, dressed as a, a creepy crawly. Yeah, anything. Literally anything. Yeah, but, but she it, says it's, she says she would have enjoyed it if she had a driving license or something, doesn't she? She's also dressed in like nineteen sixties racing uh, apparel, which is a, it's a bit like, na- like NASCAR kind of. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. So we are very um, yeah. So very peculiar. I don't know why uh, she's dressed as this particular episode. Again, it's just a goof that's gone over our heads. Anyway, so the uh, the episode. Uh, takes us back into the kitchen and Zelda is baking sugar cookies. Sabrina comes in and tells Hilda that she had a great time sleeping over at Jenny's, that she played Monopoly. Watch TV, you know, real normal stuff with a real normal family, she says. Um, Hilda seemingly gets a little offended and asks why she hasn't invited Jenny round. And Sabrina says it's cause they're weird. Well, that's a fair yeah, point. They yeah. very much are. Yeah. That's a fair point. There fair is point. no reason why Zelda should be offended because... They are witches, and they do use magic, and they are overly cautious around mortals. So, yeah, witches be crazy. <laughs> that's exactly true. I think maybe that's that was a working title for the podcast, folks. It was. That's yeah. a little uh, little fact. Yeah, witches be crazy. Uh, also, was Sabrina the teenage podcast? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> which very nearly became this, and it was only when we came round to record our first episode. You said like minutes, yeah, minutes before the microphone was turned on in that historic moment. Um, the uh, name of the podcast was uh, decided upon. Yeah. So yeah. So which has been crazy indeed. Zelda still offended as she demands that Sabrina invites Jenny round for a sleepover. Sabrina says she'll probably forget, so Zelda inflicts a little pain to remind her each time, which she magically says without moving her mouth. Yeah, I know. It's like <laughs> ding, ow, nothing happened. Yeah, it was like added in, like oh shit, she didn't actually say anything. Yeah. She just licked her. F- she had a finger in her mouth. And she said, ow. It's the same ow that she gives later on in a later (laughs) scene, and they just sort of spliced it into this one. Copy and paste, copy and paste. So, yeah, so uh, Zelda says that she'll inflict a little bit of pain just to remind her. So if she does try to wiggle out of uh, inviting Jenny round, then, uh, yeah, she'll definitely know about it. I'd I'd like to point out at this point that 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 is child abuse. (laughs) <laughs> it is. That is child pr- abuse. So we've got we've got Hilda who murders people, mm-hmm. and now we've got Zelda who's a child abuser. And of course, Hilda's attempt to uh, carry Mar Sabrina in there. <laughs> <episode, laughs> so, uh... And they put a uh, a bone through her nose a few episodes back. Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jesus. They got really reckless ways just to teach either her a lesson or just to prove a point. They really go out of their way to inflict pain, don't they? Wow. 
Social services do need to be involved. Oh, exactly. No, I couldn't agree more. I've, I've just had one of those dark realisations, so I'm, I'm going to need a minute, chaps. Carry yeah, on. I've just going to put a bone through you as a, a child, and you're like, oh, that's, that's just a laugh, and then uh, a bone through you. Your, 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 no, your nose. Uh, and, uh... <laughs> oh, gross. Um, so, uh, yeah, after uh, saying that she'll inflict a little bit of pain, uh, she says she will cancel her book club, and then promises to be as normal as she possibly can. However, then uh, Hilda trots in uh, accurately because she's riding a pony, asking for a game of <coughs> miniature polo. Small horse, not Small a pony. Horse, not a pony. Yeah. Oh. What's the difference? Um, there are certain breeds of horse which are just sort of miniature, whereas a pony's a separate animal. I'm the equine correspondent for the show. So hang on a sec. Shetland pony? Pony. So there's a Shetland horse? No. Certain breeds of horse are full horse size. <laughs> certain breeds of horse are like... Have the exact sort of you know um, sort of physique of a horse, but a miniature. A pony is a separate animal. Which so a pony isn't a baby horse. No, a baby horse is a foal. Wow, you're learning stuff, aren't you, Chris? I've learned something today. There we go. It's the only reason you didn't that. You're always horsing around, aren't you, Chris? Oh, oh. Jesus, Phil. So I just that 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 was a very educational moment, and you ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, nay worries, let's say crack on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back in the saddle, uh, we're in the school cafeteria and Sabrina is still talking about her sleepover at Jenny's, but with Harvey. Harvey reveals that his family can no longer play board games since the Pictionary incident, Ooh. and he still can't talk about it. I'd just like to point out that it seems on, on sitcoms, across the years, through the generations, there's always been a Pictionary moment. I can't say I've ever had a game of Pictionary, never mind... Have you never played Pictionary? Never mind a game to create tension and fighting. No, maybe once or twice at Christmas, but... Essentially, any board game or any family game can lead to arguments. Trust me, I know. Yeah, I've not played enough of them. And there's also a Pictionary incident in Friends, where Monica hurled a plate at someone's head. Okay. And then they relived that later on in the... There's a whole thing. Yeah. And do we think that was after or before this that, I'm pretty sure that was after. Okay. So this pretty is, sure. I think we're venturing into, like, February or March 1997 here, I think, mm-hmm. February 1997. Yeah. So, hmm, yeah, that's interesting. Um, so, yeah, so since the Pictionary incident, uh, Harvey and his family do not play board games anymore. Will we find out more about this in the future? Maybe. Just maybe. Um, Jenny says that her boring family would love her to come round again. Sabrina agrees to and suddenly gets a sharp pain from somewhere. Mm. Which is where we get the ow. Which was spliced into the yeah, earlier yeah, scene. Yeah, well, actually, actually spoken in this scene. Yeah. Um, she accuses Harvey of kicking her, and he's like, that wasn't me, crazy bitch. And, <laughs> say uh, that. He doesn't say that, sorry, that's just me reading into it. So yeah, after a few more times of get this uh, little uh, pain inflicted on her, she eventually remembers that, oh, this pain is Zelda inflicting this reminder on me. Um, At the end of the day, I don't understand how she didn't remember. It was literally, I'd say, four hours tops. Yes, yeah, it was that, f- that morning, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. She's four got a very hours shit tops. memory. I mean, like, if, well, par exemple, if um, you need to go to the bank, you might forget because you're doing other things. But if someone said bank, you'd be like, oh shit, the bank. They're talking about going round to people's houses as if she'd forget. No, I think she's purposely not mentioning it, and she's trying to ignore the pain. Oh, okay. thinking, oh if I don't, if I don't, 
if I don't acknowledge the pain, and then it's she's being abused into inviting Jenny around. <laughs> yeah, she is. She's being forced by this abusive aunt of hers just to have a friend over. So she realizes that it is a reminder from Zelda. To which then she reluctantly invites Jenny over for a sleepover, ensuring her that her family is really weird. Uh, to which Jenny seems delighted about. She loves weird. She basks in the glow of weirdness, yeah. does she say? And uh, Harv with her, the last little line of the episode says. I think Jenny will fit in perfectly fine. Ooh, burn. Ooh, burn. And then he gets kicked under the table. <laughs> Legit yeah. kicked, not yeah. um, magic kicked. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there we go. It's settled, boys. Jenny is going round to Sabrina's uh, house. And she is the... Aside from we've had Libby, who awoke as a from a, being a pineapple in the kitchen. Harvey from standing very, very briefly in the uh, doorway. Yeah. Um, Joel as well being very briefly in the living room. Yeah. This is the first time a mortal is allowed access yes. to the home and they're not constantly being watched and stuff. She could get up in the middle of the night, stumble across anything. So this is quite a scary, monumentous occasion. What could possibly go wrong, Phil? Chris, I'm not sure. I mean, hopefully you have a good time and the whole episode is just them talking about how much fun they had and how many games of Monopoly they had as it does get referenced a few more times today. Back at the Spellman's and Sabrina is setting her room up and hiding her magic items, like her magic book, which doesn't want to cooperate. Neither does Salem, who has to learn how to meow instead of talk. Uh, And Ov gives a really half-arsed Nick Bakai one. Meow. At the end of the day... Salem fooled Sabrina. Can I just but... say, at the end of the day, you've said an awful lot, and it's the beginning of the episode. I'll show up then. <laughs> Fuck you. We, me and Graeber made reference that it's your catchphrase for the show. What is? <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah. We've often spoke like, if we sold t-shirts or mugs, it'd say, at the end of the day. Yeah. If or, we ever did live... Oh, I'd just like to point out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if we did live tours of this show, every time you'd say at the end of the day... Everybody would go, yeah! yeah! He said it! He said it! He said the thing he says. Um, yeah, it's it's quickly taken over the um, <laughs> your other catchphrase, as good as it gets, yeah. which you say all the time. So um, I've never said that. <laughs> uh, anyway, Chris, yeah, as you yeah. were saying... So, <laughs> so, at the end of the day, uh, Salem has fooled Sabrina for an X amount of time that he was a cat. Even because in the first episode, it was like, did the cat just talk? It's like, so he must have had some form of meow we heard, he put on display. We, we heard him give actual cat meows, not Nick yeah. Kai meows, in the first episode. So that's a, I mean, it's obviously it's just a, shouldn't take it too seriously. But yeah, it's, it is a bit. Yeah, very, I mean, how I, how I um, sort of think about this is that he just doesn't meow anymore because it's like no one comes round. Um, Sabrina knows he's a he's a witch. He just doesn't need to meow. It's kind of he just doesn't do it anymore, and he's more reluctant to do it rather than that he can't or can do it. I wish your cats meowed like Nick Bakai. By the <laughs> yeah. way, how funny would that be? Meow, <clears throat> meow. That's all it is. And we get a few more good ones uh, later on in the episode. Um, Anyway, Sabrina heads downstairs and notices that Hilda and Zelda are trying their best to be normal and doing things by hand, like mixing a cake mixture, plumping pillows, and talking about normal stuff. Yes. Which Sabrina then insists that, you know, I'm going to give you a list of things to talk about. Please don't steer away from the list. Um, If you feel the conversation is going nowhere, please move on to something else. The first one in the list being towels. Yes, Hilda is dressed as Donna Reed, by the way. That's uh, that needs pointing out a domestic um, goddess of television in the 1950s. I think that's what they're going for with like the the poofy hair. Yeah, I recognise it. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know exactly yeah. where it's from. Of course, because she's trying to bake a tuna noodle. 
casserole or tuna noodle pie or yeah. something. And apparently it's quite smelly, as you might imagine. Yes, and it's burnt <laughs> to a crisp as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's not going too well. And suddenly the doorbell rings. Sabrina panics, but Zelda insists that, oh, no, it's not outside. It is the upstairs doorbell because, boys, the linen closet has its own doorbell, which means people do politely enter the house from the uh, linen closet, it seems. Yeah. And it's the repairman. He's come to sort out the tumble dry, so finally... It only took him 29 years, but he's here. <laughs> he's finally here in the afternoon. Yeah, 29 years later. And uh, the repairman, not necessarily a face you'd recognise, unless you were uh, a child in the uh, the 1960s. But, well, uh, even if you were, to be honest, um, his face wasn't normally seen. Uh, the gentleman's name is uh, Chuck McCann. Um, he was uh, a voice actor and creator of numerous puppet shows in the 60s. Captain Kangaroo was one, but another, which interested us very much, Rooty Kazooty, which is where the um, name of the, uh, or the nickname of the child who becomes Frank Conniff in uh, episode three uh, comes from. Yeah, very interesting, very strange. And he's got on um, still voice acts today, almost like Frank Welker, but nowhere near as well known. Uh, he was in the uh, the thing he played in uh, the Fantastic Four cartoon from uh, the mid-90s. Uh, he's been in the Powerpuff Girls, Winnie the Pooh, G.I. Joe. So, yeah, he's a, a veteran voice actor. It seems to be something his show specialises in. People who are better known for voice acting yeah. appearing in person. And what's good as well is that I noticed the he's reprising a role he did in uh, the original Powerpuff Girls. Uh, and he actually voiced something last year. So, right. he's still still pretty active for an old, old repairman. Uh, but, no, he's here to sort out something in the dryer. We don't know exactly what it is yet, but he's going to go and sort it out. Uh, nonetheless, uh, he does walk downstairs and Sabrina shrieks because the repairman, what's he got, Chris? A raccoon's tail. A raccoon's tail. Uh, she shrieks and Zelda says, don't stare, don't stare, that's rude, it's rude. What does she accuse Sabrina of being? Rumpist. <laughs> rumpist. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I'm a rumpist. I judge a lot of people by their rump end. Yes. Um, so it's a, it's a rumpist. Would you say, as as the, uh, the angry voice you say, Oh yeah. Um, would you... Are you angry at yourself that you are a self-declared rumpist? No, because if I see a nice rump, I am going to be like, damn, that's a nice rump. But then you'll compliment it in a positive way. If you look to someone and go, mmm, that is some nasty rump. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, like looking at a cow's ass. It's like, that's a nasty rump. That is, that is definitely. That's why I don't like cows. Yeah. But a nice rump steak, you look at that, that is a nice rump. Not a fan of the rump steak, to be honest with you. No. No. Not one of the better steaks, I wouldn't say. No, no. I prefer sirloin. Hmm. Yeah. One of the nights at the round table he was, wasn't he? Um, so great. Jesus, Phil. <laughs> well, 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 well. Actually, the name sirloin comes from a sort of historical, I don't know if you call it an urban legend, but historical myth anyway, um, that um, one, some ancient king, had a dinner... Uh, where afterwards he enjoyed the steak so much that he knighted it, and that's how it became sirloin. Oh, yeah, loin, so, uh, yeah, yeah, loin of beef, yeah, sirloin. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Oh, wish, wish we knew more about ancient food traditions from the uh, the fabled times. Um, Zelda is worried that uh, Sabrina is a rumpus. She says, "No, no, not not normally." Um, but I'm worried for uh, that Jenny might be. And she says, what, "Jenny's a rumpist." quite angry so no no it's just if she's going to notice a repairman with a tail she's going to get suspicious which is too right so she says don't worry he'll be in and out before jenny's uh, arrived however the doorbell goes and who's at the door boys 
Jenny! Jenny, she's here for sleepover. She is, again, as we said, the first character that's allowed access to every room if she wants to yeah. in this house. So, we'll see how this plays out. Um, so, Sabrina gives her the grand tour, mm-hmm. making sure she doesn't draw any attention to anything. I was so excited for this grand tour. Because all we've seen is the living room, that sort of area at the end of the hall, the kitchen, the dining room, and the stairs. That house is huge. Chris, I mean, we saw the laundry room. Was that, was that not enough here at the no, beginning of the episode? No, I wanted the grand tour. I wanted to see every room. I wanted to see what was happening. I wanted to see the dungeon, because you know that house has got a dungeon. Yeah, that, well, that's that's Hilda's bedroom, isn't it? <laughs> Surely. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I would have liked to have seen the. I mean, I knew we wouldn't see like Hildren's Elders room, but I would have liked to actually see some other rooms. Yeah, it was still a better grand tour than uh, Amazon Prime will give you, of course. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, so she's uh, making an effort not to point anything out. Um, she says, "Quick, uh, see if dinner's ready." And Hilda is finishing off a magnificent debate about how towels have made this country great. <laughs> Fabulous. Um, anyway, just as she's about to talk about the economic collapse of the Isle of Man, uh, Zelda spots the repairman fighting with the tumble dryer monster, or lint gremlin, as we find out, uh, outside. Yeah, it's a little man, a, a, a dwarf, one would presume, uh, in, yeah, in a costume made entirely of fluff. Um, <laughs> and yeah, he's just running around causing mischief with um, an old man with a tail chasing him. I just <laughs> loved this. It's the fact that the first thing that Zelda sees him is just this old man grabbing this, yeah, this dwarf or this child in the air, just covered in cotton wool and fluff, just flying everywhere. Like, oh, he was... It was so stupid, but so funny. This show is at its best when it throws up these like bizarre creations that are sort of you know conjured up by this this strange little parallel world. And, yeah. and there are a few in this episode. There's um, some more um, unusual characters we'll meet in a little while um, as well. I love this. Yeah, very very funny. My um, my my personal favorite moment though with the little Link Gremlin is uh, you see him running away. And he's got socks stuck to him. And it's he like, has, that's yeah. where the socks go! Yeah, I mean, clearly something's wrong because at the beginning, Hilda says that uh, the, t- a, the magic tumble dryer never loses a sock, So it's but it's on the blink. So maybe it's on the blink because the uh, the gremlin is uh, so, stealing yeah. them. Now, boys, I tried to find out exactly if a lint gremlin was an urban legend or not, or, or at least I tried to find out if we could uh, see on the IMDb or Wikipedia anyone who claimed to have played... Uh, the Lynch Gremlin. I wasn't successful, however, I did find it was on the third result, a thing called a Vagina Gremlin. Right. I, in a weird way, think that this is where they probably got the idea from, because if you <laughs> take... Basically, if you replace the word... If I'm telling you stuff, if you replace the word vagina with tumble dryer, okay. it kind of makes a bit sense. So... <laughs> <laughs> a tumble dryer gremlin is the little creature that inhabits a woman's tumble dryer. The tumble dryer gremlin often steals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Socks. 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 Often steals rubbery socks off the woman's unsuspecting partner to use as a sleeping bag. This can result in accidental pregnancy. The only way to obtain the stolen rubbery sock is for the woman or man to, to reach in with middle and forefinger and coax it out. Coax the uh, the gremlin until it relinquishes the stolen prophylactic. Well, okay. Well, first of all, what? Prophylactic. Obviously, a condom. Yeah, so, sock is condom. So, so, so that, yeah, but I mean, you'd need to sub that. Also, Sorry. Also, also, pregnancy? <laughs> What's pregnancy in this analogy? Um, what? Accidental explosion? Colour run. Colour run. <laughs> 
Well, no, no, more, no, that's more that's of a period. period. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're disgusted. Oh, heavens above. So, so yeah, unfortunately, yeah, a link gremlin is um, is not a. Uh, sort of a I, I'm just. I didn't even. It's. I didn't even know. Like, I'm. Oh. They're not real, Chris. I know ne- they're not ne- real. Ne- neither gremlin I know. is real. <laughs> yeah. I know. Neither it's the just... vagina or lint gremlin is real. So I'm you have just... nothing to worry about. I'm just. It's just one of those moments that someone has actually taken the time to 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 make a website of that. Yeah. I bet Donald Trump believes they're real. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why, why do you think he always wants to grab him by the pussies? Yeah, to get he's those... trying to get the gremlin. He's trying to help. He's <laughs> trying to help. <laughs> I'm gonna reach in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna help to get all the vagina gremlins out. I mean, it's like the the, the gremlin. Yeah. So I want to take the gremlin and then uh, and then gonna take him to Guantanamo Bay and 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 lock him up. Obamacare put them in there. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting our boys out. <laughs> So, Chris, your Donald Trump has Paul McCartney's speech. <laughs> I really didn't know if, 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 if we were sitting next to Donald Trump or, or Paul McCartney. So, you know, so, John said, John said there was always a vagina gremlin in there. Nicking his donuts. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The whole vagina gremlin thing was going to be a bit weak, but then all that happened. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe, maybe the the Latin for vagina gremlin is (laughs) coffee. Um, so where are we up to, <laughs> Phil? I don't know, finish it. <laughs> oh, please, if you've got any stories about a, uh, a gremlin of your own... Um, oh, God, the movie Gremlins. Which ones do you think they are? I don't know. What about Mr. Poole's AMC Gremlin, which he mentions <laughs> oh, in uh, the episode yeah. as well? Yeah. Oh, my um, God, yeah. <clears throat> it wasn't a VAG Gremlin, was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, oh, um, okay. <clears throat> Hilda and Zelda rush out to speak with a repairman who tells them uh, that the Link Gremlin unfortunately got away. Uh, but he'll catch it because there's a mortal in the house, so he's got to go and sort it out as quickly as he can. Um, anyway, uh, Hilda brings through a delicious-looking apple pie, and um, Jenny says, Oh, I'll go to the kitchen to fetch some ice cream, because we're going to have ice cream with apple pie, apparently, boys. Um, so she goes in to get it, and Sabrina says, I think it's going really well. Giving them the old kiss of death, and... Well, Hilda says, apart from the link gremlin that's escaped from the dryer and is running around the house. Suddenly, Jenny screams. But it's only a spider. It's only a spider. And they are delighted that she's seen a spider. <laughs> and she's terrified and shaken by the spider. Um, which is good, because the cheeky little <laughs> lint gremlin uh, pokes his head from around the I corner. Think, I think that is my favourite moment. It's like, ah, spider! Oh, it's just a spider, it's not a problem. And it's just a... Hiya! <laughs> it's, it's really not justified just by talking about this. Just this yeah. little child pokes from around the corner, yeah. waves and comes back. Jenny's back is turned, the link gremlin comes. Quite 
campily. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's I'm here. Yeah, exactly, it's, yeah, it's like, a magical moment. Yeah, like jazz, jazzy hands. Yeah. Um, so Sabrina ushers Jenny quickly upstairs, uh, telling her that she's having a race and she's winning to get up quickly as possible. Um, so without uh, with her out the way. It, uh, it means that the repairman can then chase the woolly child around the house. Suddenly another doorbell, and it's none other than Irwin and Villia, who are two brains in a jar that have come for <laughs> Zelda's book club. We heard Sabrina say she's not meeting your brainy friends, and we assume just some other nerds like Zelda, but no, actual genuine brains, brains. sentient brains in a jar. They've got a taxi there. <laughs> yeah. They've I- not arrived via the, no. um, by the, the other realm. They've so they've not come from another realm. They've arrived in a normal taxi, but, paid a fare, and been dropped off outside well, the house. But this is the thing. It could have all been summed up by just having, like, I don't know, like a butler-esque person pushing them on a trolley. And then we wouldn't have these questions. Well, yeah. they use telekinesis to move things, and presumably themselves, we find out later. But yeah, I, I a few deleted scenes I would like in this episode, and... Probably the chief one is the brain taxi ride. <laughs> yeah, would have been would have been fabulous. But uh, yeah, just these brains. Yeah, one is um, yeah, one's in a blue jar called Irwin, and uh, the one in an orange jar and Villia. Uh, I say yeah, the two brains and they've come for Zelda's book club. However, um, they didn't get her cancel. Uh, this is Zelda's. They didn't get Zelda's cancellation email uh, because they've deactivated their AOL accounts because someone couldn't stay out of the online chat rooms. And that boy's screams something to me. He's got some sort of <sighs> vibe, about yeah. twenty-year-old vibe. I, I feel like it's on the tip of my tongue. I, I, it's, it's, it's that, that's, that's so nineties. That's so nineties because one chat rooms, two AOL, which <laughs> was the internet provider du jour. It's more like LOL now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. And oh, uh, re- remember the, uh, the the lady with the the, the dress? Oh, she was like a droid. Was she like yeah, a yeah, droid? Yeah. Connie, your name was, and she she had the. Uh... <laughs> you're right, yeah. you Connie, your name was. Uh, I met her once. Uh, we yeah, went out for a dinner. And... She was a fine girl. Yeah. Yes, yeah, we married. Did you not know? <laughs> um, no. Uh, yeah. Um, AOL, yeah, was was the especially in America, obviously, because America online, but in this country too, uh, AOL was sort of the go-to internet provider mm. for about the first five years of the internet being something which most households had. Yeah, the, the only thing would have made it more nineties is what I do, because we had AOL, but we also had a tiny computer. Yes, think uh, big about your PC. Think big about your PC. At tiny. Yeah, yeah. You don't remember those tiny computers? No, no, no. haven't no. No. Well, no, I, I, I assume on Zelda's PC she's got a tiny computer. Yeah. She's got AOL as a, a sort of internet provider. She's got Encyclopedia Britannica. I would imagine so, yes. Uh, she's uh, got Mavis Beacon Typing. Yep, or Encarta. Yeah, um, Encarta, yeah. Every, every um, you know, uh, letter she's writing, a paperclip assists her. Yes, it does, yeah. Chaps, yeah. I'm just going to put this out there. I yeah. think I, our household didn't get a computer until like 1999. And it was a it was a Windows 97 Packard Bell type thing. So what you're all saying is just right over my head. Wow, maybe Tiny had gone bankrupt by 1999. <laughs> we had a computer in 1998. Yeah, I think we got our first. Well, we were ahead of the curve. We got our first one in 1995. Whoa! Whoa! Didn't have the internet. Did not have okay. the internet. Oh, okay. Did not have Windows. It was just a DOS computer that somebody <laughs> built for us in his garage. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Have you still got that? No. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really store all computers because they are massive. Yeah, but, um, yeah. That's true. So, uh, yeah, so seemingly the brains um, can't uh, keep away from their online chat rooms. Um, just quickly, just while we're on this, uh, chat rooms, boys, are we big on chat rooms? Not obviously in the 90s, but chat rooms, were you I mean, frequent um, surveyors uh, of the planes of 
online chatting? Um, here and there. You often found with chat rooms um, that there were too many people in there. You couldn't have a coherent conversation, and it was just it was just chaos. Mm. It really is something that would only exist um, in the formative stages of the internet because as soon as something better and more direct came into being, like MSN Messenger, really was what sort of killed them off. Um, you just wouldn't put yourself through the ordeal of you and another person having a conversation, but 20 other people having their own conversations at the same time. Mm. It's like having a conversation with somebody from across a busy pub, basically, yeah. in yeah, internet I, form. I, I used <clears throat> to go on, just because it was what well, my first email address was at a Tiskelly um, oh, yes. uh, online chat room, um, which then got speaking to someone who later found out was, was a man pretending to be a young girl. Oh dear! Is that like the original catfish? Maybe, but I was I was I was fourteen, so you know, it's, I was well older, older than he needed me to be. Um, so it's very Ooh. dark. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think for uh, that so nineties is the combination of not only an ancient uh, provider of AOL, but also the old fiasco of uh, committing online adultery on chat rooms. Yeah before it became fashionable to do it on Facebook. So yeah, so they didn't receive the email, and uh, they are here at the front door. Uh, Hilda tries to shut them out, but Zelda invites them in, saying that they can't stay outside because they'll get brain freeze. Hey. You enjoyed that, didn't you? I did enjoy that. <laughs> Very silly joke. Again, just with the brainy friends, brain freeze. Um, so they're going to be hidden in the dining room, and they'll have their book club in peace and quiet. Upstairs, Sabrina and Jenny are in their nighties getting ready for bed. That's so nighties! <laughs> I'm just, at, at this point, at this juncture, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I've got, uh, not an issue, but nineties. When did that, when did they stop being a thing? Nineties? Yeah. I, I, genuinely, it's like, pyjamas. That's all I can remember, pyjamas. You never wore a nighty? No, mate. No. No. Okay. I used I used to get passed down like really really big t-shirts that used to be my dad's and he used to just call them my nighties, but they were just a big just a really long t-shirt. Yeah, I don't know. I mean like older people wear nighties. I think really they were a bit of a they were a bit passé by the 90s. Um yeah, it's, it looks very old fashioned these two yeah. like, these yeah. two girls and these sort of like you know, cuz they're quite on they're quite ornate, really, aren't yeah, they? You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're very, very sort of Victorian-looking garments. I was going to say it's reminiscent of the Renaissance. Um, the thing just about the nineties, I mentioned this to Graham, is like it's a. Well, obviously, we've had Sabrina already wearing no pants um, in like episode two or three. Was it? Um, she was wearing an incredibly short dress. I don't want to talk about that. This is a sleepover where they're clearly sharing one bed. There's only got one bed out of them. I know these girls are supposed to be sixteen, but they're also actresses in their twenties. They're both wearing these nineties, and they're talking to each other incredibly close to each other's face. Yeah, it's all a bit Beth Broderick's early career, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got like an oh, idea no. of, of like a cameraman just going, "Now kiss, kiss each other." <laughs> um, yeah, very weird. That that turned dark. Very dark. Well, it was already dark when I was talking about a paedophile uh, talking to me online. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> and Donald Trump being the good guy, really just trying to uh, coax these vagina grumblings out. Um, so yes, it was already this. This yeah. has already gone off. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so they're um, yeah they're in the night, getting ready for bed. Uh, Jenny suggests that they tell each other secrets, and we thought, oh god, this yeah they're going to kiss each other, but no, <laughs> they didn't. Um, uh, with hers being that ever since she read the line, the witch in the wardrobe, she's believed in other realms, and that she would one day, absolutely a matter of fact, she would find a doorway herself, but she has to find that right door, 
were. Mm. And it was at that moment where it was like, Jenny's going to find a way into the other realm. Sabrina says she doesn't have any secrets, but she's kind of almost about to tell her she's a witch. Yes. But goes against a word um, and suddenly says, like, oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm a really messy person. Oh, God. Oh, you know, Jenny's quite appalled that this is just her big secret. But, you know, yeah, she's yeah, a friend. at the end of the day, at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, poor teenager isn't messy. Yeah, that's very, very true. Um, suddenly there's a big crash downstairs. She, uh, Serena goes to investigate and asks Salem to guard the door so Jenny doesn't leave. Hey, he says, dogs guard, cats watch. And judge. So true. Yeah. Um, the crashing noise was uh, Vilia who te- uh, telekinetically pushed Irvin the brain off the table. Sorry, pushed Irwin the brain off the table as they were arguing about a novel that didn't deserve its Pulitzer uh, Prize. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, upstairs, a nosy Jenny goes in search for the linen closet, inspired by, I guess, the conversation that Hilda had about towels? Maybe, I don't know. No, that, that, that's what she said. It yeah. was... Uh, I really want to see all these towels. Uh, it's piqued my interest, this conversation. Yeah, so you know, kind of like... has a twin interest in it. Towels and wardrobes that take you to other realms. So of course she's going to go and <laughs> yeah. look in the closet. And that's kind of like Sabrina's <clears throat> doing. She said to Hilda, specifically talk about towels. Yeah. So she has, unbeknownst to her, she has caused Jenny to go yeah. and search for the linen closet. Um, so yeah, she goes in, shuts it behind her, the... <laughs> sound that uh, she's going into the other realm uh, meanwhile Salem in his best sort of voice is trying to warn Sabrina he goes meow 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 <laughs> <laughs> Nick McKay's <laughs> fantastic he really is um, uh, so yeah so he he ends up warning her and uh, he says oh um, yeah no she's gone into the, the other realm uh, thank god she's gone this is a good thing things can go back to normal yes great um, Jenny has uh, as we said she has appeared in the other realm and she meets Teller so I guess they could afford both of them this time and it's revealed that uh, in Sabrina his name is Skippy yeah he's the um, what's he sort of the guardian the, of the the overlord's underling yes so uh, yeah so Teller has a name so we've yes. just been calling it Drell and Teller yeah <laughs> sounds like just a cheap uh Sort of Brighton knockoff. Yeah. Tell her, oh sorry, Skippy, tells her that she's in limbo and he can't speak because he's got a literal frog in his throat. Yes. Using maybe a slight of hand. But magic. the frog comes out of his throat and he still can't speak. So, <laughs> yeah, so maybe he's just got loads. Maybe. Just loads of uh, the stuff. He takes her to another part of the realm where Drell is doing his 9,999 bench presses around a magical tree. Or Jim, as he shouts to, uh, to Jenny. He's in good shape. He is in good shape. I was I was very impressed. He's certainly in better shape at this point in time than he is uh, today. No disrespect yeah. to the man. Um, Pendulet, I find very very funny in these episodes. Yeah, I think it's, as much as we love Mister Poole, um, I think to me, I think something about Pendulet. I think as soon as he's in, I know he's going to. I, th- I I don't know. I think I like Pendulet better than Mister Poole. I think. I think it's just how much of a just sort of sort of arrogant sort of loud mouthed. Dick Drell is like yeah. just how he sort of like he just one hundred percent just revels in the fact that he does have sort of seniority over every other witch, yeah. and he just sort of yeah he's just he, he he's a just a bully. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a really really good strong character played by a really good strong confident yeah actor. I, the fact Pendulette is just so massive as a person <laughs> yeah, as well yeah. makes it all the more effective. Yeah. 
Um, so he's uh, yeah. So he uh, introduces himself. Uh, says you know I'm uh, I'm Drell. Of course you know who I am. You're kidding, right? I'm Drell. I'm head of the witches. Jenny goes, Oh my God, you're a witch. He says, Oh yeah, sure. Aren't you? He goes, No, I'm a mortal. Oh, you're a mortal, are you? Yeah. Oh, oh well, guess I got to turn you into a grasshopper. And that's it. Just turns him into a grasshopper. Um, Drell then tells Skippy that he couldn't keep her as a mortal as he forgot to feed the last one. So witches keep mortals as pets. Or slaves. Mm. Or just for them to die. <laughs> wow. Um, oh dear. It's quite funny because the audience laughed, but then there's a bit of... <laughs> oh. Wait, hang on. Oh, it's a bit of a oh. Jimmy Carr joke. Kind of oh, another murderer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, these witches are relentless. They are the enemy. Um, so yeah, there we go. We've learnt Teller has a name, and Drell has turned Jenny into a creepy crawly. In walk the Spellmans, and they spot Skippy, who leads them to Drell, who's naturally unicycling. Um, just before we go into that bit, you yeah, mentioned the, something. This went completely <coughs> over our heads, but... The entrance to Drell's um, room, his gym, as, as, as you would say, uh, there are sort of... There's like a row of red curtains, and um, some sort of like... Um, very sort of spindly sort of plants, and also there's always a flash of lightning every time they come in. Now, billowing, billowing red curtains, sparse vegetation, uh, and flashing lights uh, are all in the uh, entrance to the Black Lodge, which is the demon realm in Twin Peaks. I would imagine it's some sort of reference because that was a massive, massive show. Already been a massive show shortly before this, so yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's very good. Very nice, sort of like nerdy sort of uh, yeah. Easter egg there. No, I'm sure it's related to degree, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so they walk in, yeah, Drell's unicycling. Um, they don't want to waste any time because they don't really want to interact with, with Drell. But they say, you know, we're, we're looking for someone, but, but she's clearly not here. Wait, Drell says, maybe I have seen her. Is her name Jenny? Yes. Does she have green eyes? Yes. Is she vegetarian? Yes. Does she have a segmented body and ears on her thorax? No. Wanna bet? And then just presents, shoves this uh, this uh, this grasshopper in their face. So yeah, he's just again, as you say, just reveling in this way that he can just torture and manipulate mortals and witches at yeah. his at his will. Um, so yeah, he presents that. Oh my god, he has turned her into a grasshopper. Uh, Sabrina, devastated, urges Drell to turn her back, but he says, "Dems the rules." Yeah, and gets the old rule bearer to back him up. Who is, Graham? Morwenna Banks. Uh, Cornwall's own Morwenna Banks, you know, re- representing uh, the UK. Um, I think only the second uh, Brit to uh, appear in the show so far. Um, yeah, she's sort of a sort of a, a face that you will probably know if you've been a viewer of British comedy of the last uh, 20 years or so. Um, she's married to David Baddiel, the uh, British uh, comedian. Uh, she's been in the thick of it. Um, Harry Enfield and Paul Whitehouse's uh, sketch show as well, but she... I don't know about best known, but again, someone who voice acting has sort of brought her the most success as she voices uh, Mummy Pig in uh, Peppa Pig. So, uh, and Peppa Pig is a huge deal. Like. Absolutely. Um, can you remember what rule number 714 is? Uh, something along the lines of all mortals who have conscious knowledge of the other realm will be turned into a creepy crawly. Like that, yes. And now they say that there is another realm, that um, that they need to find a loophole. He says that this is the thing, you know, if any mortal just walks into the uh, the other realm, they must be turned into a creepy crawly. Not specific, just they chose a grasshopper, I guess, yeah. for this time. Uh, yeah, so all mortals who pass into the other realms will be turned into creepy crawly things. Sabrina runs off all upset. Zelda says, Hilda, don't go. They must redefine their friendship. They're just <laughs> allowing... 
it to happen. It's like, it's, it's, it's like, not, I redefine the Fentry. It's not like they, she needs to go and figure out how to get Jenny out of Grasshopper. We can't help her with that. She needs to figure it out on her yeah. own. No, it's, they need to redefine their friendship. Yeah. Jenny is a grasshopper now. She will remain as a grasshopper. <laughs> we will keep the grasshopper as a pet. There is no way Jenny is not being a grasshopper. <laughs> no, she it. will remain a grasshopper. But then it's it, a grasshopper. It um it just solidifies the fact what Graham's saying just about like you know the fact that Drell has just got this rule over all witchy yeah. living things, and that yeah well it's they those are the rules yeah. they must be obeyed. That it, it's clearly stated. Fair enough, it's 700 in, but it's clearly stated They're very law-abiding witches. Yeah. They will not do anything to violate the rules, but then again, I guess the penalties for violating rules are, in a way, much more severe than uh, in our realm, because, you know, obviously, look at what happened to uh, poor old Salem. So, Mm. uh, yeah. So uh, Well, he did try and take over the world. He did. That's very true. Jenny just wanted to make friends. Yeah, poor (laughs) Jenny. But, uh, yeah, no, those are the rules, and, yeah, they've, you know... I guess Hilda and Zelda have acknowledged that, yeah, there's nothing we can do. She has got to live with her friend being a literal, well, grasshopper. grasshopper. She's got to, uh, you know, get on with it. Sabrina admits all to Jenny the grasshopper, saying, you know, saying that I am a witch, you are in the other realm, you know, that she can't really hear and understand because she's a grasshopper. So at least she's trying to rekindle yeah. a friendship. Um, upset that all she wants is a normal life and she can't have it. Suddenly, in walks, or sorry, in limbos, the now off-duty rule-bearer, who hints to Sabrina that there could be a loophole she can use to turn Jenny back. But not quite yet, because she needs to finish blowing her bubble pipe. Yes. So she goes, which five is, more minutes. Which is not a euphemism, it's a genuinely a bubble It pipe. is a pipe yeah, of yeah. bubbles rather than tobacco. It is nice, uh, frothy bubbles. Um, she reads that rule number 803, mortals who have no conscious knowledge of the other realm may pass through it freely. So Sabrina intends to remove that conscious part by convincing Jenny that she's having a dream. Did you hear what uh, Hilda's suggestion was? <laughs> I don't remember, no. Can't we just knock her out? <laughs> Hilda! <laughs> so, really? no, they're not going to knock her out. Uh, they're going to try and convince her that she's having a dream, that it was all a dream. By setting her unruly tests... Have you ever had any unruly tests in your... Um, I mean, I had a lot of dreams of, like, school-based situations when I was in school, of something embarrassing or hard or just upsetting happening at school. So I can relate to that. Um, there's another uh, bit where they um, show Jenny her dead grandfather, apparently, that mm. we don't see him. And um, she has to run after him on a, on a treadmill. On a treadmill, so obviously she never um, catches up to him, and that's very dark. That's it's very. I'm no so that. dark. Yeah, it's very. It's. You could have done another thing, like some. She could have been chasing after someone she fancied, maybe. Yeah, and the, obviously the idea is that you know sometimes dreams, if you, you know, sometimes it's very hard to run. I find in my dreams it's not actually that I can't run and not catch him. I just end up running really slowly rather than them escape it it's, it's more like I can't run I, like, I try like, and move and I'm like Ugh, like, no. like you're doing the dad run looking yeah, for the car kind of, yeah. the car park I once had a lucid dream a dream where you're aware that you're dreaming where I was like hang on a tick this is a dream. I'm going to push my subconscious to its limits. So I started running to see if my mind could keep up and keep generating um, an environment in front of me, and it couldn't. It started blurring. 
Wow. Yeah. That is that is some like matrix shit. Yeah, that, that is. Fucking hell. That's probably the most notable dream I've ever had. In fact, it almost definitely is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so as we say, yeah, she has uh, set her a test on something to do with advanced zoology that she can't do. They're making a chase after a poor dead granddad, which she's she's so desperate to see and rekindle Aww. with. At least she didn't cry, but that was a bit that yeah, that, that was, that was pretty dark. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but then uh, she says, no, no, something's still missing. Jack Wagner appears in all of my dreams. So if he's not here, I can't be dreaming. So obviously Sabrina has to make Jack Wagner appear. Who is he, Grave? Who is Jack Wagner? Jack Wagner is a, or was a soap opera uh, actor of the time. Um, he was in General Hospital for um, almost 20 years. General Hospital being a long-running American uh, medical um, soap opera similar to Casualty here. And also in Melrose Place, which was another um, sort of... Uh, Sitcom, or not sitcom, sorry, another uh, soap opera of, uh, of, of note in the 90s. And um, he is also a soft rock musician who's uh, yes. released several albums, as hard rock actors often tend to do. The thing that sort of um, kind of surprised me is he seemed a little old to be sort of the um, crush of a teenage girl, I thought. Yeah, I mean, because this is in the, the 90s, and he was predominantly in General Hospital in like the 80s. Yeah, he was, yeah. You know, forty odd then. So I yeah, guess it's, it's not well that weird. But yeah, um, and, and you fancy Audrey Hepburn, and she was long dead. <laughs> <laughs> She's not dead in my mind, Philip. Um, so yeah, so that is Jack Wagner, and he does appear uh, again, as you would expect. They have just pinged him from wherever he was. He's incredibly confused as to why he's there and why he is hugging a barely dressed teenager. You might think it's some sort of sting operation to like, frame him and sort of sully his good name. Yeah, and she says like, oh Jack, oh, you came back for me. Don't you remember when we got, when you defeated the evil King Herbert, I think she says, and we got married at Stonehenge. Yeah. And he's like, I have no, no. idea. <laughs> well, well, why would he? he? says, but you promised to love me for the rest of your life. And he's like, oh, you can see him panic. Like, <laughs> oh God, what have I, what have I done too many? Much like Randy Travis, it is he plays it very well, the whole idea of yeah. suddenly being put from whatever he was doing yeah. it, it, surrounded by these strange people in this strange place. Yeah, like. it, it makes me real think that not only have these uh, people uh, have been magicked up in that they're really confused, I like to think, uh, Jack, yeah, uh, so we're going to get you to act in this show, we're not going to tell you what it's about, just just appear, <laughs> and yeah, and then suddenly just this teenager goes leaping into his arms and he's just like, I have no lines. I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <Is> maybe, <this. laughs> maybe that's what they're doing. Um, so, yeah, so he disappears because he served his purpose and he is confused, probably going back to his life, and he's going to start rethinking it. Um, so she is seemingly, Jenny, she is convinced that she's having a dream. So they wave their arms, they settle her down, and she, um, yeah, she falls asleep in the ground. Yeah. Um, Drell, again, wanting to keep her as a grasshopper, just goes, wake up! Just shouts in her face. <laughs> But she is uh, no, she's fast asleep. Then they levitate her out of the linen closet into the bedroom. In yet more seamless special effects. I mean, you can sort of begin to tell that she's superimposed, because of course she is. But it all blends into the shot yeah. of, uh, yeah, again, uh, Michelle Boudouin uh, lying uh, prostrate, um, sort of gliding across this hallway and dropping down into the bed, at which point... She is actually in the scene, and the transition is seamless. Uh, I think there was a camera switch, but still. And yeah, and all the other actors walking uh, behind her. And it's, again, like, I am... Every single time there is a um, a transformation or sort of a sort of um, 
teleportation or you know some sort of magical sort of um, movement uh, taking place in the show it's always looks absolutely fantastic in this quite you know sort of probably low budget like 20 year old program it's yeah. amazing it's fantastic so they she levitates into the bedroom they lay her down flat and yeah they return to the kitchen where they find Salem uh, the repairman uh, Erwin the Brain and Linty the Gremlin are all playing Monopoly this is a deleted scene I wanted to see the whole Monopoly <laughs> game between these weird weird beings yeah they're, yeah, they're eating popcorn they're um, yeah they've got uh, yeah, they're playing Monopoly and Sabrina says just another normal night at the Spellman's yeah it's the next morning Sabrina is interrogating Jenny about her dream getting annoyed that Jenny only remembers Jack Wagner rescuing <laughs> yeah. her in it like but she gets it's really annoying. She's like, are you sure it was Jack that saved you? It wasn't. It wasn't me. She went through a lot to save Jenny there, you know, like it was it was it was a real ordeal at one point. She probably thought, oh shit, by not telling the truth to my best friend, she's gonna be a grasshopper forever. <laughs> yeah. How do I explain that to her parents? So uh... <laughs> Um so Jay, Jenny wishes every night was just as bizarre as her dreams, narrowly avoiding the lint gremlin running back out of the kitchen yes. with all the socks tied to him. Um, yeah, the credits roll, and it's just the rule bearer reading out some more random rules, like not changing the channel, um, 10-year-old children must be accompanied by monkeys all the time, uh, leading to a gag with a punchline that there's a every rule has a beginning, middle, and end, except... This episode had a gremlin made of discarded fluff and socks from a tumble dryer. It had sentient brains who hate each other. It had an old man with a tail chasing the lint gremlin. Did I like this episode? Of course I fucking did. <laughs> I, I mean, you loved the last one because Salem was in a car. Exactly. I just, I just love. Just, as I say, this shows at its best when it sort of conjures up just utterly just bizarre, weird imagery, like when they really just have the wackiest time with sort of with magic, you know, with sort of um, this bizarre sort of twist on reality that, you know, witch powers bring. Um, and we'd not seen that for a while, you know, everything had gotten a bit sort of buttoned down, a bit sort of straight-laced, whereas this was in sort of the zany trend of, um, of Rudy Kazuti, of uh, Bunt Friday, of, um, I forget the name of it now, but the, the uh, Dream Date, the, um, the Doman episode. Yeah, it's a concept, or multiple sort of um, magical concepts just allowed to run riots and cause chaos. And I love Whenever Pendulette shows up, I love the concept of the other realm. It just had pretty much everything. Apart from Harvey wasn't in it much. Yeah. And Mr. Poole wasn't in it at all. Everything I like about Spring the Teenage Witch in this yeah. episode. Um, Chris, do you share similar uh, I was going to say, there's pretty much nothing I can add to that. <laughs> it's, uh, that was a well, well summarised. It was cracking. I yeah. mean, you know, it was entertaining. It, they, they were able to get all these characters together, and it, it, it just, it, yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah. It was a good episode. There, there wasn't a moment in that episode where I went, "What? That doesn't make any sense." Yeah. Whereas there's usually something that happened. There wasn't that moment of how does Salem answer the telephone? What you know? There was the the how how did Salem? Why does Salem need to meow? Practice, mm. but I can I can sort of yeah, forgive that. I think it was because it was so daft, but done so well. You didn't need to ask any questions. Like, well, of course, there's a little little yeah. woolly child running around the house. Of course, the repairman's got a tail. Stepped away from the real world entirely, other than obviously Jenny being sort of exposed to all the magic. Um, so you didn't, yeah, you you weren't made to ask sort of the questions and sort of scratch your head about 
yeah, you, I was able to sit back and just accept it and let it happen because um, it was so mental. Yeah, and yeah, also yeah. something that you have um, when, you know, Sabrina's like bringing her magic to school and things is her sort of messing around with ordinary people who are non-replies, which can sometimes seem a little harsh and a little dickish on her part, and that was completely removed. The only magic in this episode was, as they just real, just wacky, sort of crazy stuff, and Sabrina's role was to sort of save her friend, which was a really nice thing to do yeah so yeah pretty much a lot of what sort of made us a bit sort of sour on a few of the uh, recent episodes was not here it was back to the fun times which we knew when we began this podcast yes so uh, so all round a good episode but it's no good as just saying yeah it was good we've got to get the score so chris as our resident rank master you set the bar of what our episode has got to be graded on you give uh, the first score you then tell us what it's out of Chris, what is your opinion on episode 13? I'm lucky for some, but I don't think for us. Episode 13, Jenny's non-dream. I'm gonna... I'm, this was above average, so it's higher than five. Good. But I'm not sure if I'm willing to give it a seven. Oh, I know. I, I was so happy for your, I know. For your use of the word cracking. You were so effusive in your praise. And all you're right, all right, it- okay, 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 okay. Let's give it... Seven Link Gremlin... Gremlin... Fuck. <laughs> Seven Lint Gremlin... Fuck's sake! Lint, Lint Gremlins. Gremlins. Lint Gremlins. Lint. Right. Let's give it seven Lint Gremlins. He said Lings again. Fucking hell! Seven Lints out of Gremlins. Excellent. Okay, seven. Seven Lints out of Gremlins. Graham. Um... I would go so far as to give it, I would say, eight. Eight lints out of Gremlins. Yeah, and I would agree with that as well. I yeah. think eight lints out of Gremlins is a very good uh, score as well. Seven is very good as well. So I'm, I'm very pleased with you, Chris. You've been... I've breached the seven market. You have, you have. Let's see us. Hopefully it can go up. Otherwise you're going to be the kind of like the Simon Cowell of this podcast. Oh, you, always you, you, you've done it now. <laughs> you've gone and made a big mistake. You've gone and made a big mistake there. You are aware now everything's getting nines and tens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll see, we'll see. So that is episode 13, Jenny's Non-Dream, and we've given that seven and eight lints out of Gremlins. A very, very good episode, very, very daft, very stupid, uh, but so, so, so good. Worth very watching. Good. Very, very good. Before I tell you what the next episode is about, from just giving you the name of the episode, you're going to tell me what you think it's about. Oh, okay. Okay. So, Graham, first of all, uh, episode 14, so episode, uh, the second episode on our third disc of season one of our enchanted box set, <laughs> is called Sabrina Through the Looking Glass. Oh my, so, I mean, it sounds like it may involve the other realm again, obviously through the looking glass, Lewis Carroll and, you know, Alice and all, you know, all sort of the kind of wacky things like we saw in uh, the episode we've just watched. So I, I, would, I would imagine Sabrina is... Perhaps again transported to the other realm, maybe a bit of Alice in Wonderland sort of parody sort of going on there. Okay. And if that was the case, what do you think has caused her to go to the other realm? So, does she follow a rabbit? I don't know. We can find out. We've already seen one, is it Rene? Rene the yes, rabbit. Uh, well, yeah, Rene's husband we met. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chris, yeah, Sabrina through the looking glass. Well, I, that seems like the favourite option, so I, I, I'm, I'm going to take a different thing. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, looking glass is a mirror and there are other things, other like plays or books that talk about a mirror realm. Yeah. So maybe she doesn't go to the other realm, maybe she gets trapped in the mirror. 
Chris is almost bang on. Hey! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, so episode 14, uh, Sabrina through the looking glass. Uh, Sabrina finds a massive wart on her forehead. Oh no. She goes to school, gets ridiculed, gets in a bad mood, and confides in her alter ego in the mirror, thus getting trapped in the mirrored realm. The only reason why I went there is because Graham went for the whole Alice yeah. Wonderland thing. Well, well, that was fun, wasn't it? Yeah. So, episode, join us uh, next week for episode 14, Sabrina Through the Looking Glass. As we said, Sabrina gets trapped in another realm. Could it be connected to the other realm, or could this be an other other realm? Uh, but until then, uh, thank you very much uh, from me, Phil Dean, for listening to this week's episode. Uh, thank you very much to Graham Riley on my left. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, goodbye, uh, everybody. And thank you very much to Chris Evans to my right. Crack in. Sabrina the Teenage Watch is available in many different formats, so whether you're listening to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio or iTunes, please leave us a comment or a review. Your support means we get more listeners, and it means our hard work is not going to waste. And we can look at ourselves in the mirror. If you want to contact us or keep up to date with our episodes, you can follow us on Twitter at SabrinaWatch. And you can find us on Facebook, just search for Sabrina the Teenage Watch, and there we shall be. And thank you to you for listening wherever you are. And remember, may every little thing you do be be magic. magic.